born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Everybody wants something, and everybody wants to know, well, what am I going to get out of that? I go to church on Wednesday night, what am I going to get out of this? I done heard everything he's ever known. I done heard him for 10 years. I mean, he ain't going to teach me nothing new. I can study the Bible on my own. You ever hear people say so? No, 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 none of y'all ever said that. But I don't have to be faithful to the church. Why should I be faithful to the church? What's the church? You see, if you love God, you got to love the church. You say, I don't love the church. Then you don't love God. Ugh. That's too easy. That's too simple. So you see, there's, there's a reason. And God said, look, when you get to heaven... You're going to receive a great reward. It's going to be great. And you can't compare what little suffering we go through for this little bitty time. Somewhere in the Bible, it talks about this light affliction is but for a moment. Anybody remember where that verse is found? This light affliction. Corinthians. First Corinthians or second Corinthians? Second Corinthians. Chapter four. Very good. Now. Look at the next verse we have here, Revelation 2, 23. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the heart and gets it. I will give unto every one of you according to your works. You see why when people see all this here about according to your works, according to your works, you've got to earn eternal life. They think you've got to work your way to heaven. But they're not talking about how you're working your way to heaven. This is talking about those who are going to heaven by grace that was free. God's talking now about rewarding you for what you do for him while you're here. But heaven is not our reward because we didn't earn it. Look at the next verse. In Revelation 3, 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. How can a man take my crown? I've often wondered whether or not if I don't do the job God wants me to do, he'll just get somebody else and they'll get the reward that I was supposed to get. Now, there's a possibility it might be. But I also find out in the scriptures that God searched for a man and couldn't find somebody. I've often wondered, we've had sometimes in the past, you know, people that will leave their responsibility. And then well, God just automatically brings somebody else. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's ministries that sometimes have to close down because the people won't take up slack. They won't do any responsibility. And yet they'll say, well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. And nobody else does. Radio ministry here. It cost us about $110,000, $120,000 a year. In 10 years, that's $1.2 million that we've raised for the radio broadcast since I've been here 10 years. That's a lot of money, ain't it? It's money that's gone and there's nothing back from it. 
I mean, it's like water. gone. But if we did it to reach souls, we won't know until we get to heaven to see the people. And they will be our reward. The results of all the labor, all the money that's spent. But if you look at it only from a natural man's point of view, what did we get for it? What did we get? You pay all this money. What did you get? You got nothing no substantial to show. Yeah, but it's, it's souls. It's people that will be in heaven. And then when we get to heaven, great is your reward. And that's why these verses are in the Bible. Because God knows it's so difficult for us living in this old body to maintain a certain mindset all your life. Because it's so easy to get tired and weary and worn. And because so many people are unfaithful, you think, well, why should I have to do all the work? I know you wouldn't think like that. What we could do if all of God's children were totally dedicated to the Lord. What if everybody kept serving the Lord? Just think what we could do. We could shake the world. But everybody doesn't. So you try to build a ministry and reach people on the temporary dedication of God's people because their work is not forever. It's temporary. And some people can last for a couple of years and then they're ready to quit. Somebody else lasts a couple of years and then they quit. Wouldn't it be great if everybody just stayed serving the Lord? But it doesn't work that way. Look at the next part. Revelation twenty-two twelve. And behold, I come quickly and get this. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now, whenever we die, we are going to the judgment seat of Christ where we're going to be rewarded. There's other people that when Christ comes back in power and great glory may get to rule in the kingdom upon the earth and they'll be receiving some of that reward, that inheritance at that time. Uh, Then he talks about in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, that the Lord is coming back and his reward is with him and he's going to reward. So there may be different times when God gives his reward. I don't know, don't care. But you see, since there's no night in heaven, it's just one long eternal day, we all get to heaven on the same day. And we'll all be rewarded the same day. But not necessarily the same time of the day. Thought I'd just throw it in there. Look down at the bottom of the page. 1 Corinthians 3.12 Now if any man build upon this foundation, and that foundation is Christ, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day, which is the day of Christ, at the judgment seat of Christ, shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the Bible talks about the eyes of the Lord as a flame of fire. You see, down here we see things through our eyes. When we get there, things are going to be looked at through his eyes. See, we think everything that we've done is all gold, silver, and precious stones. When God looks at it, he says, that's hay, wood, and stubble. And so it's not our sins. This is our works. This is what we said we did for the Lord. But God knows whether we did it or did not do it for the Lord. And if we did not do it for the Lord, then we got a lot of hay, wood, and stubble. So we may have a bonfire. So he might as well bring you some hot dogs and ketchup and mustard and just go ahead and have a bonfire. But when you get to heaven and we stand at the judgment seat of Christ and he rewards you according to what you have done. You see, it's to determine the sort. 
of your works, not your sins. Sins have been forgiven. They'll never be brought up again. You're not going to heaven to be punished. You're going to be rewarded. And some people are not going to be rewarded because they didn't do what God wanted them to do with their life. Or they did what they did, which was a good thing to do, but they did it with the motive of I want the praise of men and they did it to be seen of men and they didn't do it for the Lord. Does God know our motive? That's why in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, he talks about the motive and the intent of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Look at the next page. The top of that page there. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, and the only thing it can burn is the hay, wood, and stubble. Works that man did, but not for the honor and glory of the Lord. You can do the right thing with the wrong motive. Remember in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, If you can speak with the tongue of men and angels, and you have not love, it profiteth you how much? Nothing. If you give your body to be burned and feed the poor, you did all those good things, but you have not love, you have nothing. Now, you have the profit from down here, and it can be a good thing, and people can benefit from it, but you didn't do it for the Lord. Does God know our real motive on why we do what we do? Yes. Look at the next scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all, all believers, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that get to everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The bad is the wood, hay, and stubble. And so you're going to find out what sort it is. Now, when I worked in Shreveport, Louisiana, I got me a part-time job working at a printing company where we would go at middle of the night and they would print the newspapers and they would want joggers. So I got to where I could have 25, 30 newspapers and put them in here and jog them and get them off level and straight and jog them. And I, I was good. I learned how to be a pretty good jogger. But whenever the paper is coming down and all of it looks good and that one's got a torn, I think, and then ink got all over that one. And then there's one that didn't fold right. And so, see, they're good. Same thing, but you've got to sort them. These are not, they don't meet the criteria. These are good. We bundle, bundle those and they take and put them in the back of trucks and they deliver them to the homes. But see, you're taking the newspaper, but it's not perfect. So you're sorting out those that are not good. There's nothing wrong with the paper. It's not sin. It's just it doesn't meet the standard. And that's what's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ. Look at the next statement. Where you have it, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, and then shall every man have praise of God. So the, one of the things that God wants to give to you is give you praise. But he can't praise you for not doing something you're supposed to do. And if you develop the wrong kind of an attitude, does God know that? God knows everything. And he wants to give you praise, but his praise will be for all eternity. And it's the way it's going to be. Look at the next one. In 1 Timothy 6, 19, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. In other words, you're doing it now, not for now, but for the time to come. So this is where you have a vision where you're seeing with a divine eye. 
There's a human perspective, a divine perspective, and you're seeing past this life into the next life, the age to come, and you're preparing for that moment. And a person who does that can think better, and you can make better decisions, and you can roll with life a lot better than a person who does not. Because then you take everything personally, and you easily become offended because of it, because you take your eyes off of the eternal values. Look at the next statement. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. Do you see that? Look what he says. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. You're going to get good things. That's why he says you reap what you sow. You sow good things, you're going to get good things back from God. But it, not necessarily here. If you sow wild oats here, you're going to reap shredded wheat. Later, of course. Look at the next scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. Because this has to deal with the gospel, believe it or not. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, what? Preach the gospel. I have what? A reward. God is going to reward you for preaching the gospel. Now you can do a lot of things, but he's telling you, I'm going to reward you for preaching the gospel. He says in the book of John in chapter 4, verse 35, we quoted every week, talking about the harvest and receiveth wages. In other words, God will pay you handsomely for being a soul winner, but not here, there. Not only the people that you won to the Lord, where he says, ye are my glory, my joy in the Lord. You're going to be rewarded by God for what you've done. You can't lose when you serve God. And nobody can ever take it away from you. He says, I'll have a reward. Now look at the next scripture. 1 Corinthians 9, 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery, becoming a master in the art of soul winning, is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. The people in this world, why do they run? They run in a race, all run, but one gets the prize. But in this race, all of God's children can win because we're not running against each other. God has a course for every one of us to run. And it may not be the same for every individual, but there is a course and there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be persecutions, all kinds of things that will happen. So while you're running your race, you just don't know where the finish line is. Isn't that something? Running a race and you don't know where the end is. Because how much time is God going to give you to run the race? You don't know. So should you wait until you find out? You run now. Believing that I know the finish line is out there. And the longer I have lived for 59 years since I trust the Lord, I know that the end has got to be closer than it was 59 years ago. True? I just don't know where it is. So should I try to slow down and do less or keep doing all that I can do? Now, I can't do everything because my body won't let me, but I don't want to have to stop serving God. Do what you can with what you got where you are, as long as you can do it. Look at the next scripture. There in Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the neighbors, as unto, <laughs> as unto the Lord, and not unto men. Now get the next verse. 
knowing, knowing, why do you do it for the Lord? Knowing that of the Lord, of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Whatsoever thy hands findeth to do, do it all thy might. I don't like to do slipshod work for the Lord. I don't like any of my messages that I preach to be something I throw it together and I never really thought about it through. I work hard on every message I bring, every Sunday school lesson that I do, every sermon that I preach. It takes more time. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because I'm not doing it for you. I might deliver it to you, but I've spent time thinking and studying. This is for the Lord. I'm doing this for the Lord because I know your praise and pat on the back. Yankee, that was the greatest sermon I've ever heard in my life. Now, that'll mean a lot to me. I ain't no thought about that. But that's not really why I did it. I want to be, now when I get to heaven, I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Whatever you do. And everything that you do. As you play that bass up here, you ought to do the best you can for the Lord. Larry plays that piano. You better do it for the Lord, buddy. Because if you're doing it for just honor and praise of us, turn it later, we'll turn on you. That guy don't know what he's doing. He hit a wrong note last week. I heard him. And somebody can criticize you about everything. You better make sure you're doing what you're doing because you know the Lord and love the Lord. All right, look at the next thing here. 2 Timothy 4, 7. This is what Paul says. I have fought a good fight. I fought. I fought. It's a war. It's a war out there. And we should uh, strive to please the Lord in all things and not become entangled with the yoke of bondage and not being entangled with the affairs of this life that we cannot please him who have called us to be a soldier. I finished my course. I finished. Paul was about to be delivered. I kept the faith. Henceforth, because of that, get this, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Because I did right. I fought. I finished. I kept. I did right. Which the Lord, the righteous judge. Don't you like that phrase? The Lord, the righteous judge. Down here, nobody's that good at judging. Nobody here probably appreciates you the way you should be appreciated. They don't praise you like you ought to be receiving and probably don't compliment you. And that's okay. Why? Because you did what you did for the Lord. And God saw and God is going to take care of it. And you're not going to lose anything. But if you only did it for people and they don't deliver... You're going to be hurt and bitter. And you'll not do what God wants you to do. Hey, these things are in the Bible. You know all of this? This is nothing but scripture. Now get the last part of this verse. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. See, if you love the Lord, you're looking for the Lord to come back. So you know that it could happen at any moment. So you want to be found faithful and serve the Lord while you can with what you have. Look at the next scripture, Hebrews 10 and verse 34. Now you always put 34 and 35 together because I I love the verses. Where he says, and cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. But look in verse 34. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves. See, what you know can be a blessing. What you don't know can hurt you. That's why studying the word of God and the more you know, 
the more blessed you can be because you'll understand things that other people will not understand. So he says, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. In other words, something you can actually put your hands on. There's something there. It's not a figment of our imagination. When he said, I go to prepare a place for you, it's a literal place. It's a mansion. A lot of rooms, whatever it is. Before I ever trusted the Lord, there was a little song that we used to sing. Lord, build me just a cabin in the corner of glory land. You ever heard that song? And then after I trusted the Lord, I thought, I want a cabin in the corner of glory land. I want a mansion on Hallelujah Avenue. And I want to squash gold dust between my toes. I had enough of that mud from the creeks. <laughs> well, anyway, let me move right along there. So he says in the last part, verse 35, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. See, your confidence is why you do the work. And the work is what God's going to reward. So if you don't have confidence, and where do you get confidence? Confidence is your faith in what God says. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that builds your confidence. So I do what I do because I got confidence it's worth it. And I can be patient and I'm going to wait because when I get there in the next life, it'll be worth it. And great will be my reward. And God says, you'll have great substance. Now look at the next verse. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 26, talking about Moses, Moses in the Old Testament. Moses esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. In other words, the reward is getting back, the recompense. Somebody does something and you, you give them something for what they've done. You gave the service. You gave the time. You spent your life. You gave your money for missions or whatever you did. God's going to compensate you. But what he can compensate you for is nothing to be compared to what you gave. It's like I gave a penny and he gave me a trillion dollars. That's just a figure. But whatever it is, remember, it's for eternity. It's forever. So can you have or see any reason why you ought to be found faithful to serve the Lord? I mean, does somebody have to tell some tear-jerking story? To get you all emotionally shook up so that for a few minutes you say, I'm going to serve the Lord. And then two weeks later you forget all about the story. These scriptures, once they put into your mind, they burn in your brain. And you can't get these out. Study the word of God. Put them in your mind. Hide thy words in the heart so that you may not sin against the Lord. Look at the next statement. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man. That endureth temptation. Not blessed is the man who has all temptations removed. Blessed is the man when God takes away all of his problems. It ain't going to happen. In serving the Lord, you're going to go from one problem to the next problem to the next problem to the next problem. And sometimes they come all together. And you think, will there ever be any let up? It's like sometimes you feel like that hurricane stopped right over top of you. You don't mind if it comes. And that it goes. But when it stays on the top of you and just beat the tar out of you, and you wonder, is there ever going to be any sunlight? Well, ask those people in Bahamas. They probably wondered that. Have you seen some of those pictures? I mean, it's just devastated that island. 
And see, that's what problems can do with you. It can devastate you unless you have something that keeps you stronger. The last part of that verse, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So this is talking about that love him. And up there in verse uh, 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, we talk about love his appearing. There's no substitute for the loving. Nobody can make you love God. It's, I'm glad that I'm going to heaven because he loved me. But I want to please him because I love him. And I would serve the Lord if there was no reward. But God wants to reward me. He gets the blessing out of reward. Don't you like doing things for your children? And sometimes you wish you could do more because you just love them. Well, I think God wants, he wanted to give us eternal life. Look how bad he wanted to do it. He wanted to that bad, he was willing to pay. Look what kind of a price he was willing to pay. And he wants us to um, be rewarded. It's like he says in the book of um, Ephesians, in chapter 2, when he talks about the trophies of grace, that when we get to heaven, all of us are like trophies of God's grace. We were not saved by our works. We're saved by grace. And look what God's grace did for me. Look what God's grace did for Louis. Look what God's grace did for Tom. Look what God's grace did for Bob Brooks. Look what God's grace did and so on. We're all trophies of God's grace because not a one of us saved ourselves by any of our works. Only by the goodness of the Lord. And God has been good to us. We need to remember that. Look up here. This can represent you and me and... The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. But God, he loves us. He hates our sin because, well, the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. Now, we're not talking about rewards in heaven. We're talking about us getting to heaven. And we cannot earn our way to heaven. So God says that he would do something for us. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin, because our sin separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And said that if you and I, if we would believe, he did it for us. He'd put this payment to our account. We go to heaven on what Christ did for us. He loves us that much. And then he tells us after he does all this for us, you are now my child. And he could just take us on to heaven immediately. But he left us here. And gave us an opportunity to serve him. And he tells us, I'm going to leave you here, but I want you to represent me. I'm going to let you suffer like I suffered. Be persecuted like I was persecuted. And shamed and everything else under the sun, just like I was. But when it's all over and you get up here, it'll be worth it. I want you to do it for my sake. Not yours, mine. I want you to do it for the gospel's sake. And God will bless you for doing so. All right? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Don't know of anybody here tonight that's, uh, that I've never seen before, but I don't know the mind of each person. I would hate to think somebody came tonight. Even if you've come for uh, five years or ten years, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, tonight's a good night to do it. If you've never trusted the Lord, would you trust Him right now? Say, Lord, 
I believe you died on that cross, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust you right now as my Savior. And if you'll trust the Lord right now, God said, it's saving, give you eternal life. Would you trust him? If you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. So I'm going to ask you, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one else looking around. And one at all. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the word of God you've given us. We pray, Lord, that you would encourage us, exhort us, challenge us, motivate us. And Father, we know that's done because of your word. Use it in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would take my place. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.